2: A couple months ago, Teresa called and said, Danny's book comes out in mid-July. I'll make an offer you can't refuse, but I'll serve it with sweet tea on the veranda. We'll be – oh, you already laughed. Can we rewind this? Gee. Okay. We'll be your guest on – Tuesday, July 19th with world-renowned podcaster Ramona Scott as your co-host. So, in typical Jesse James style, biker chick, Teresa Duke is a guest. Ramona Scott is co-hosting again and since Dan's last appearance, um, uh, he's had another TV appearance, and uh, he's also now a respected uh, government official. So uh, my first question We're is – uh as much respect
3: as they can get.
2: Yeah so, yeah, yeah, so so whatever happened to overthrowing the man?
3: You've got to from the inside. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, yeah, yeah,
2: or the, yeah. Yeah, that was my follow-up question. Or is, is this like a like a remnant of one of Jesse's plots to uh, set up you know, your own breakaway republic? And <laughs> yeah, you, you're the president. No,
3: no, 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 no.
4: We don't want that to go to Danny's head. We already call me and Debbie. Me and Debbie, both me and Debbie, already call them Director Dan and Hollywood Dan. So we we can't add the President Dan (laughs) to the list. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: Okay, so, uh, uh, um, yeah, you're not, um, yeah, yeah, doing really. you know, like nasty politics kind of stuff. You have a uh, – so it sounds like a fun job. I, I, so so let's hear a, a, a little bit mm-hmm. about
3: um, – It can be fun.
0: <laughs> okay. Well,
2: you, you, know, you had the uh, photos of um, – I think earlier this spring it was like a 4H. Uh, I think it was a bunch, like a bunch of little kids with animals. You know uh, That was – and you were out there yeah, that was out at the
3: arena. They have a they have an arena where they have uh, barrel racing, rodeos, mm-hmm. dances, country singers, a lot of different people go out there and it it, it was a lot of fun. They've got a pond. Uh, we use the Texas Parks and Wildlife, work with them to to they deliver catfish and keep the pond stocked and it gives the the kids a chance to catch fish. And uh, they'll usually Texas Parks and Wildlife will usually uh supply fishing poles and kids who've never got to fish can come out and fish and eat hot dogs and all kinds of good stuff. That's
0: nice. Okay. And it's a
2: lot and, of fun. And, no, it 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 looked like uh you know, the kids and uh their parents were having a good time and you know saw so on um yeah, you know, the uh Marshall, Texas uh Facebook page that uh, there's an international country music award.
0: Yeah,
3: I just got that recently. It hadn't started. It'll be the first time they've played. They've come to Marshall. They were in a, a neighboring city. They outgrew mm-hmm. the facilities there, and now they're coming to Marshall. And uh, it's people from 22 different nations. Uh, they play Texas style country music, and they, they they love Texas. So any in, they, whoever wins, they they compete against one another, and they get first, second, and third place. And having an award from the state of Texas for country music is uh, real big for them. And they, it helps them a lot it, back home in Europe. And we've got people from Swaziland, uh, they uh, people wow, from really? Austria, Australia, Mexico, and other parts of Central America, and just all over the place. There's one guy who lives – I think he fishes – out in the North Sea, about 30 miles from the Arctic Circle. And he's also a singer, and he's going to be here. So there's a lot of wow. different people. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I have to yeah, make a trip it, up there to Marshall. You should. Let me know if you're coming. And I will. I'll show you the best places to eat. Wow. And a lot of history, too.
0: Yeah. That's yeah.
3: another part. The city is real Real, thing, there's a lot of history and well, and I don't want to go off on a rant. I sound like a, a talking brochure now, but there's a lot of history here, <laughs> uh, civil rights history. Uh, James Farmer was one of the big four in civil rights, and he he grew up here. And it's just wow. it it just goes deeper and deeper. there's a lot of history here, good and bad history. But I guess every place has a little of both, right? You yeah. know. It's been a lot of fun, just learning and trying to get past some things and help, in you know, just help help the city do my best to help the city move forward.
5: Well, with you at the helm, Dan.
0: <laughs> I hope.
5: <laughs> I know.
4: Okay, oh,
5: we live in the wild. With Teresa and Dan do. because I finished that book and oh my gosh,
0: I'm ready to go on a trip. trip. Yeah,
4: (laughs) I just I was telling Danny that before the call, and he he just he did a really he did a stand up job with this this book. Uh It was captivating. Is I mean, doesn't even really like it. Just it was captivating. I, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> I read it in one sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just I. I was just I was I. I told him before the call. I was like, Danny, this is the best. You, you just you really went all out, and this is a really fantastic book.
3: Well, thank you. And and I don't
4: compliment my brother that often, y'all. So (laughs) (laughs) for me to tell Danny that, yeah, it it was a
0: good one.
2: (laughs) But uh, it really was. uh, uh, Over the next hour and fifty minutes, I, I think when we, if we together, we will find that. Well, Dan and Teresa did create a fuller uh, picture of what was going on in the Wild West.
5: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And what, what I tripped off of was so much has I read, because I've read all three, and as I was reading, especially in this last one, it started to form a picture of what is going on now. In the U.S. Mm-hmm. When you look back at the history uh, that Dan, Dan, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is is like, wow, it's like you can kind of understand. What's going on in our country right now? And I don't know if you intended that, Dan, but it really was eye-opening for me, truly. I, it it was
3: eye-opening for me as well, and it just it kind of well as before I wrote the books. Just doing the research, it it I came to that realization, and it I thought, my God, this is amazing. And it didn't happen all at once. It just it's it's like piecing a puzzle together. And I, that that was also why I wrote it in three you know three separate books with the help of Teresa on the second one just to make sure you know just to get the story out in those three main steps so you know it shows the the past and then and then you know his current life and how he faked his death and then kind of in a way in ways on the third one it's a lot of it also deals with the aftermath after his time after he was gone and how it carried through.
5: And then also, too, before, before, uh, when you go back and you talk about the Knights Templar and uh, the KC, is it the KCG? The KCG.
2: Yes. Yes. Knights of the Golden Circle.
5: Right. I mean, you know, like starting back in Europe and, you know, the plans that could have been intended. For the new world, and all of that together with, you know, what was going on in the Wild West, and then what happened afterwards, and then it just is like this, this map of where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Does that make sense to you?
3: That does.
4: Oh, yeah.
2: Wow. It, 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 uh, Ramona, one of the relevant uh, passages about what was going on in the Wild West you know, still is with us today is from, uh, you know, Dan's new book, uh, Secret History the Wild Wild West, Outlaws, Secret Societies, and the Hidden Agenda of the Elites, Uh, on page 58, Dan writes, uh, The interactions between Jesse and these men illustrate how politics benefited from the outlaws' careers, and that these outlaws actually served a higher purpose than just riding around robbing people. Right. And, and, and as, it definitely
5: looks that way.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we keep, um, as, as we go on throughout the evening, we can get into um, the founding of Baylor University and Presidents.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
5: What a tangled Prince. web we weave! Yeah.
2: <laughs> it is. Oh
5: baby.
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> so, and how so, they're so uh, good at
4: covering up their tracks. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, you
2: know, as you know, before we you, you know, jump too far ahead with talking about, you know, just say uh, our presidents, uh, Truman or um, Johnson, uh, Lyndon Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah um you, you know, uh you know we've had so many uh new listeners and- youtube subscribers um, um um you know we appreciate all their uh support but you know maybe uh we should um review you know some of recent Dan's uh, basic information about you know, what brought them into um, being so closely involved with this uh, Jesse James and Wild West, Wild Wild West, uh, 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 you know, recent publication. Uh, so, uh, you know, Dan, do you want to Give us a little bit of background about you – or or both of you could give your background and um, why you're so um, interested in this uh, late uh, 19th century uh, time period.
0: Well,
3: uh, it all started with our mother, our late mother, uh, Betty Dorset duke she grew up hearing the stories, you know, it was, it was passed down through the family uh, that Jesse faked his death, came to Texas and married the daughter of a Texas ranger. And ev- everybody in the family had known it. They would talk about it at family get-togethers and things. And as mom grew older, she would see the movies or read history books. And all, all the books and movies said Jesse didn't fake his death, that he died, you know, he got shot in the back of the head. So she was wondering who was right and who was wrong. And uh, around the time Teresa and my brother and I were in college, mom had the time on her hands finally to, to start researching. And she wanted to prove once and for all which was right, the family story or or the history books. And she got all the evidence she could find using family photos, uh, forensic photographic analysts at uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety, their headquarters in Austin, Austin Police Department and a group Called Visionics, who ended up getting Sold out to another company they're called Identics today I believe but uh, They all Separate all three groups Who had no connection to mom and they did it For free so she wasn't they didn't she, They weren't paid for results um, They verified That our family photos matched Historically accepted photos Of Jesse and his family and it Just went from there so we've Been we that. Mom started it off. She she proved he didn't die, as history had said, and we followed up where she left off when she passed away in 2015, uh, just with the rest of the story. I was never going to publish anything about the treasure stories until after she passed away. I decided I might as well go ahead and do it. And that's what started it off again.
2: Okay. And, And Mark O'Shaker who co-authors true crime uh, books with profiling pi- pioneer John Douglas has been a guest with us a, a couple times and you know, he, he covered you know, many of the patterns that lead to people becoming serial killers um, Jesse really doesn't Apply, uh, that term really doesn't apply to Jesse, but you know, he, he did have a life of crime. Uh, what is, you know, were some of the, um, events that led to shaping Jesse, uh, for a non-traditional lifestyle.
3: Well, when he didn't plan on, he didn't, he came from a family who at the time they were considered a good, decent family. You know, they were pioneers. Their mother raised them right. Their father was a Baptist minister. And he was also a co-founder of William Jewell college in Liberty, Missouri. And then when he, uh, their father the story is their father left to uh to minister to the out in california in the gold fields and uh he never came back he alleged the story is he died was buried in an unmarked grave and that was the end of him uh short few years later fr- the fighting uh, this was about 10 years before the official start of the civil war fighting started between the uh free states and slave states and People from Kansas would ride in and attack people in Missouri, and then they would retaliate in kind. And it was just back and forth for about 10 years. And the fighting was very bloody. Uh, at the beginning of the Civil War, Jesse was too young. He was 13 around the beginning. Well, actually a little younger than that. At the beginning, uh, a very young boy, soldiers rode on to the farm. They attacked. They tied Jesse to a plow and beat him strapped his mother to a tree and beat her. She was pregnant at the time, and they hung his stepfather until he didn't, they didn't kill him, but he had brain damage for the rest of his life. Uh, but after, when he got, you know, at, shortly after that, he decided he wanted to get revenge, but nobody would, nobody would let him ride. He was too young. And around, that, around the time of that attack on his farm, he was about the age of 14. But anyway, he went looking for revenge, and he found a group that would let him ride. And that was uh, William Quantrill's group. They were Confederate guerrillas. And that's where he learned his – how to fight. At the end of the war – and people have said that Quantrill's guerrillas weren't a legitimate part of the Confederacy. They actually were. Uh, he was – he had the rank of captain, uh, Captain Quantrill. And uh, – but anyway, to get – that's off on another topic. But uh, Quant at the end of the war – They weren't granted amnesty like the rest of the Confederacy, and because of that, they were hunted down. You either turned yourself in, were tried and hung, or they would hunt you down and try to kill you. So they thought if we're going to be branded outlaws, they might as well live up to it, and that's the story. And that that actually was part of the case, but there's more – there's a lot of secrets to be uncovered still about how he got – I want to know when he became acquainted with Freemasonry, and I think it was during the Civil War, uh, because during the Civil War, uh, Albert Pike, who was a famous Freemason, you know, thirty-third degree Freemason, and he's written a lot uh-huh. of amazing books. Um, he was a brigadier general for the Confederacy, and he was he was he befriended a lot of the Native American tribes, and they gave him. Uh, his command was in Arkansas and parts of Oklahoma, and he would just you know just like any general or any any soldier back then they traveled over large areas. Well, they had come into contact with Quantrell's guerrillas, and it very it could be there's no facts or written documents that I've found, but i it just kind of makes sense if Quantrell's guerrillas were in the same camp with Albert Pike and his men, Jesse may have come into contact with Freemasonry at that age. Or at that time, so but there's no facts to back that up. But anyway, to answer your question, yeah, he wasn't a typical outlaw. He or a, he wasn't like a killer. Um, right. John Wesley Hardin's a perfect example of a serial killer. Uh, the way, if you know anything about John Wesley Hardin, he would just he shot a man for snoring one time in the saloon, and he would go to saloons and look for fights, and he he was good with his gun. and killed a lot of men, but um, whereas Jesse. He avoided towns. You know, anytime he was riding, he would ride around the town. The only time he went into a town was to get supplies, and he was very cautious even then, and then he would slip out of town and disappear.
4: Yeah, they saw a lot of violence and, you know, hatred, and it just, you know, with their families, their neighbors, and it it was just – it pushed them to the brink where they were like, okay, we're going to fight back now.
3: Yeah, in a lot of ways, I would say he was a typical example of a child soldier. And you see that happening all over the world in different places. Yeah. Uh, even today.
5: And people, and, and also, too, uh, equating it with today <clears throat> and people talking about Civil War like, you know, fantasy, but yeah. they have no idea. The pain and suffering that would be caused from something like a modern-day civil war—only a yeah—that one. That.
3: That's true. It's very that yeah, it would be a, would, a horrible yeah, thing to live through. Yeah, what would
4: they do if they were put in those circumstances? You know, would they just let it happen, or would they, like you said, I mean, fight back? You know,
0: I mean, there's people a lot to say. Back.
4: Yeah. Yeah, especially when they saw the, you know, bloodshed that they saw with their family members. Yeah.
5: Yeah, well, and you know, people th- just coming out and uh, that was just terrible what happened at the farm. And, and, and the sad part about it was that uh, from the uh, first book, um, it seemed like they were on the union side. But it was Union soldiers and stuff that came down, or people representing the Union, not necessarily sanctioned by the Union army, that that's did true. the damage that changed them over to the that's uh, true. Confederates. Well, and and you're that's exactly something right. to take into
0: consideration.
3: That's well, true. It, you know, like a it, it, co-younger and his, the younger brothers who fought alongside James Gang they they were union supporters and their father yep. was a staunch union supporter and union guerrillas who rode in like you said they weren't sanctioned by the government but they were they were fighting for that side they robbed and murdered Cole Younger's brother so and that turned yeah. Cole Younger and his entire family towards fighting with the Confederate guerrillas in in there the way the bloodshed was on the border areas like that in a lot of cases Young men were fighting not so much for politics, but just to defend their family and their, you know, their part of the country, or basically their own property and land.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, uh, to build on what Ramona was just discussing, there was the uh, incident with the Pinkerton uh, security agency. That just yeah. uh, made the uh, situation worse. So, uh, uh, Dan, could, could you tell the...
3: Uh, you know, uh, oh, that uh, was, yeah, in the 1870s when the, the Pinkertons had... They were they they had been chasing Jesse and Frank and the, the rest of the gang for years. They didn't have a good description of them, but they knew where the mother lived. And right. it was said that... Uh, it was it was claimed at first that they thought Jesse and Frank were in there. Uh, later on, it was found out there were records found that they were ordered or given permission by the government to just try to destroy the family. Uh, they wanted them gone, so they threw a they threw a bomb in and it exploded. It killed Jesse or Frank and Jesse's nine year old half brother Archie, and it blew their mother's arm off and damaged their stepfather's hand it maimed one of his hands permanently. So I mean it was it was bad. They got they played rough and the Pinkertons were the same ones. You can find other examples in history where uh miners would be on strike and it made it made some powerful men mad so they'd have the Pinkertons come in and they would they'd drop dynamite in holes that you know with miners still down just blow them up. Yep. Yeah,
5: and they also worked for the railroads for the farmers who didn't want to sell land and the railroads hired them to come to get rid of them.
3: That's true.
0: Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: yeah. In, in uh part two uh the mysterious life and faked death of jesse james um you, uh, you and uh teresa co authored that book um you, know, you do give us a little bit of uh jesse's uh uh, pattern of how you know these famous robberies happened um and you uh give your readers a list of the heists that uh you know the records say that they did uh for about uh, a little over a 10-year period from 1866 to 1876, what can you give us a, a few examples of uh, how these robberies were conducted?
3: Oh, like in uh, – okay, like the Akabot Bank? Uh, Akebach Brothers Bank yeah, in court in Iowa. They uh, – that one always interested me because there's still secrets about that, but um, there was a famous politician. It was a, a Henry Clay Dean, and it was called the Copperhead because he was a – he lived in the north, but he was a supporter of, of the south or, or, or a southern sympathizer during the Civil War. Well, he was known – Mark Twain had mentioned him. He had – he had, he had uh, described him as a filthy, dirty man, like kind of like a wharf rat. But he had a voice that was like a spewing volcano, and he was a great orator. And people would come from 50 miles around just to hear him speak in any town he spoke in. And back in those days, 50 miles was a long, hard trip, especially when there were no roads, or, or the roads that, that were there were real rough. But uh, court in Iowa, Henry Clay Dean was speaking there. And the whole town was over on one side of the town. And at that same day, uh, the James gang rode into the other side of town, just rode up to the bank, walked in, robbed it, no resistance, and walked out. They,
0: they, <laughs>
3: the whole town was empty. They were all on the other side, including the, the town sheriff. Um, the James gang, instead of riding off unseen – They rode right up to the crowd and and said, your bank's been robbed. And people turned around and hushed them (laughs) and said, you know, like, hush, we're listening to a great speech. And they just rode on, and it it took the townspeople a little while to figure out they they did get robbed. And by then, the James gang was long gone. I always thought that was a funny story. That was a good one. I love
0: that. Okay,
2: and Jesse – Jesse and Frank uh, did get shot in one of the heists, is that correct?
3: Yeah, uh, well, Jesse –
4: Yeah, sorry.
3: In Northfield, Minnesota, I don't believe Jesse was at that robbery. Uh, That one, I believe Jesse had split up – and according to Jesse's diary, he was he was in Texas when that robbery happened. I think the the person they they mistake they mistake well his cousin Wood Height was there, and I think Wood Height was mistaken for Jesse, and that's also the same man whose body was passed off as Jesse, a few years later in 1882, or short you know not not too long after that. Um, Jesse was was in Texas, Frank. And it's kind of interesting because after Frank was shot up, he got a lot of – he caught a lot of bullets, some in his – one bad one in his knee. Uh, he may Instead of finding a doctor up in Minnesota or in that part of the country, I know he had to get out of that part of the country, the, the immediate part, but he rode to to Nebraska, ended up catching a train, and went all the way down to Waco, Texas to have the bullet removed there. A man met him, and there were legends that Jesse had – Taking him to to Waco, and then they were, rode to a ranch outside of Waco, and that's that is what happened. It wasn't a ranch; it was a farm. But Jesse was in Texas and met him in Waco, got him taken care of at a doctor in in town, and then took him out to his farm in Blevin.
2: Hmm. Okay, so um, and. The Minnesota heist that you were just discussing, uh, that was basically the end of the uh, James Gang.
0: Yeah. Correct. That's
2: pretty much – That was the end
3: of the James Gang. All the younger (laughs) boys were either dead or in prison.
4: uh, Yeah, they went to prison. Okay. And then there were a couple of other gang members who were killed in that that robbery.
3: Okay, yeah, uh, Charlie Pitts. Well,
2: yeah, uh, that just sounds like a good time to uh, r- retire, have a change of life after yeah. something. Turned out to be such yeah. a disaster. So, uh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <That's> true.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just getting, you know, I kidding.
2: know, uh, so, so, some of the <laughs> new, the new listeners caught up on, you know, the uh, previous couple uh, appearances. So, so. Uh, just a few years after Jesse goes into retirement, um, there is the incident of where the traditional legend has Jesse being killed. So so can, can you tell us a little bit about that? And you know, Teresa, you can talk about the uh, photos you found.
4: Yeah, um, so, you know, the story goes that uh, Bob Ford killed Jesse James um, in April of 1882. And Bob Ford, you know, for the pe- the listeners out there, if they're not up to speed on the history of it, Bob Ford was a member of the James gang, Um and the purported story is that he he was paid by the governor to get Jesse off guard and, and kill him. That's the story. But as we know, just from our research that we've done, we show that that's not the truth. He wasn't, Bob Ford didn't kill him. Um, and Jesse moved to Texas. And lived out his life to be, like I don't remember ninety nine was it, Danny or ninety seven? Lived to be really old. <laughs> ninety
3: seven years
1: old.
4: Yeah. So, um, that's what that's the the story. But we have a lot of evidence to prove. Like uh, when my mom was doing the research, uh, a lot of there was a lot of inconsistencies. <clears throat> they had to do a when they got Jesse's body, and they were doing the – they were – I can't think of the word. I just lost it. When they were looking at his body, the autopsy, there were a lot of inconsistencies with uh, his – like Jesse James, his height, his hair color, um, scars on his body. Um, You know, there was just – There were a lot of inconsistencies proving that it it wasn't Jesse James, and we believe it was Wood Height, his cousin, who was put in his place.
5: Because he had already been killed, huh?
4: Yes, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, he was. They they found he was. uh, I don't remember all the details. Do you, Danny, about the farm where he was? Wood Height was saw
3: yeah it was a well wood height was he it was said according to history they said jesse had married his first cousin z, z Mills. and it Je, jesse wasn't married to z it was wood height who was married to z but um yeah. Je, wood height was married to her but he was also a womanizer um wood height was involved with in kind of a as a strange love triangle between with a, Martha Bolton, and Martha Bolton was Bob and Charlie Ford's sister. Uh, she, she Height was seeing her, and uh, she was also seeing her farmhand Jim Gibson. Well, Wood and Jim got in a fight. Wood killed Jim, and Wood was running. The the way the story went, Wood was running up the stairs, and Bob and Charlie were shooting at him, and he caught a bullet in the back of the head. That's how the bullet was in the back of the head. But anyway. Um, they buried they, they buried Wood Height in a shallow grave and that's it was passed that's how the traditional story even claimed Wood Height had died, but no one had ever found any grave for Wood Height. Um uh, Jim Gibson just he disappeared. His his body was is gone. Nobody knows what happened to it. Um, then shortly after that and the ground was too frozen to dig a normal grave and that's why they allegedly dug a shallow grave so knowing the ground was frozen and if you put a body in the shallow grave it's going to freeze too and yeah. they would have preserved the body um just shortly after that wo- um, and the, they never have an exact date for when that happened they just said the ground no. was frozen and so shortly after that jesse supposedly is assassinated in the back of the head by you know from a shot from Bo- uh charlie ford bob ford sorry and um that was the end of the story, but the thing the problem with that we've you know our late mother, and no pun intended, shot that story full of holes. Um, <laughs> it, nothing added up um, like the Z Milms, who was allegedly his wife in the court inquisition she she couldn't remember the age of her own husband, who she'd allegedly have two children with. She didn't know his age, she didn't know which finger was missing, if any, on one of his hands. She didn't know much about him at all, but she could she could describe in great detail every piece of jewelry she'd ever owned. So I thought, well, she had a good memory. People said she was upset and couldn't remember anything. Came to her jewelry, she remembered every little detail. So and she knew exactly which pieces were missing and which weren't. So I thought that you know the the fact. The, the claim that her memory was affected by the recent tragedy didn't hold water because she'd proven that uh, and then it just went further it kept, there are There are so many holes in the, the traditional story of him being killed uh, of Jesse being the one who was killed uh at the funeral. Jesse's mother was said well, actually backing up a little bit after they they brought Jesse's mother to St Joseph, Missouri, to identify the body. She walks in the room, looked down at him, and said, gentlemen, you're mistaken. That's not my son. Yeah. And that wouldn't be the normal reaction of a mother, you know, towards her dead son on the floor. So um, then she walked outside. She was walked outside by a lady and came back in just sobbing and screaming and cursing them for killing her baby boy. Then at the funeral, a couple of days later on her farm, right in front of her house in the front yard, um, There were reporters and other people there. She was overheard and quoted as saying, um, Jesse's aunt said, that doesn't look like the Jesse I knew. And his mother said, hushed her and said, she said, that's my rabbit's foot. And I thought, who – the whole thing – I mean, there's a lot more behind it than that, but that's just a quick overview of of some of the discrepancies in the story of how he was allegedly killed.
5: And 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 it was – this is a question that I have um, throughout that all. In the first book, you, you were uh, told how uh, Jesse did get shot during the war in uh-huh. his lungs. And That's it true. seems to me they would have looked for those bullet holes because he was actually shot again later on in life in the same lung.
3: That's true. So Twice wouldn't the there right have world. been
5: marks or something that they could easily?
3: Yeah, and uh, I most of those that
5: gorillas I thought when I was going over the books again yesterday.
0: Yeah, yeah a, lot why, that that uh, a lot of the guerrillas who had fought in that war had all been shot.
3: That's true. A lot of the guerrillas who had fought in the Civil War had all been shot up and wounded at different times. Uh, I mean, you know, when they're like – Kansas. They were riding. They were being chased by five, over five thousand U.S. cavalry, and it was only roughly. It wasn't even two hundred guerrillas. I think it was one hundred and eighty guerrillas, gorilla, uh, and they they were going up against five thousand cavalry, and only one or two of them died. The rest of them made it back, and they killed dozens of cavalry. So they instead of running away from them, they would get surrounded, and they would just charge the U.S. cavalry and go right through them. And most people were oh. scared to death of them. <laughs> so, wow! Um, it, it it had yeah it was it was really wild. They were they were all good at what they did, but um, so they they had been most of them had been wounded at one time or another just in heavy gunfights.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so identifying them by bullet wounds would be real hard to do in some cases, uh, and a lot yeah. of them because they were guerrillas, they would get shot. Nobody knew any. There were no records of it, so it was just – it was believed that one man had been shot in one spot, and he may or may, or may not have been. But, ah, ah, okay. That makes sense. <clears throat> but that, I, have, I believe I, – I don't doubt that they were all shot up in different places throughout a war like that, but <laughs> – Yeah. Uh,
2: it, it, like – Dan, we just heard uh, – a lot about the traditional version you know, okay you, know, you uh teresa and your mom you know, you know did um like you say you know, shoot holes through some of the uh, traditional interpretations of his Jesse's life, um, but in book three of your, uh, trilogy, you you do, uh, give us Mm. more, uh, background with, uh, friendships with Billy the Kid that are rooted in that uh, the end of the James gang to the fake death and yeah, uh, that's one of the uh interesting aspects of um secret history of the wild wild west is. All these, um, you know, wild, wild west outlaws, all seem to have known each other. They weren't living all that far apart. Um, that seems to be some new uh, revelations. Uh, you talk about uh, Jesse and Billy's uh, biographies were pretty much mirror images of each other. So you know, what are some of those uh, um, uh, uh, characters, all these characters doing in that um, you know, post 1876 to you know, in, into the
3: 1880s uh, time period? Oh, all the different outlets. All the different outlets. Yeah, yeah, like, what were they?
2: Yeah, uh, how they know each other. Uh, oh, yeah. Collaborating.
3: Yeah, that's what was real interesting to me. A lot of research. Yeah, when we – well, there, like Johnny Ringo, for example. He was related to Jesse. Yeah. Um, and then there were a lot of other, you know, Billy the Kid, for example, but the different, the ways they tied in. And then Jesse, Jesse met uh, Billy the Kid in Las Vegas, New Mexico in July 1879. I believe it was it. Yeah. And they, they had under the guise of creating a new, new gang, you know, it was after the Northfield, Minnesota uh, debacle and or failed robbery. And so they, they went to. They, they met in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Which another interesting—I'll get on that in a minute. Sorry, I don't. I'm trying. There's so many rabbit holes to go down on this. Um, mm-hmm. So they met in Las Vegas, New Mexico, and they're just the connections with different people, the owners of the the, the resort where they were meeting, and it was kind of—I guess in the old West it would have been considered a resort. It had a you know a saloon. A to eat it was a hotel and they had mineral baths Uh, that that the whole thing was really interesting to me not only in the fact that they were meeting two legends of the old west but the fact that shortly after that meeting jesse tried to fake his death it didn't work and then jesse uh, just a couple years later in 1882 faked his death and around that same time period billy the kid allegedly was shot in the back or shot by his friend, Bob, you know, uh, Pat Garrett. And Pat Garrett, by the way, was also a mason. Um, He, they'd both been assassinated in similar ways. And it just, it almost made me wonder if they didn't hatch a plan there when they met.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: So, and then it just, it just went from there. But, and then, you know, Billy the Kid, for example, the legend of, Billy the Kid. The controversy on that in that camp is that he also came to Texas. He went to Heico, Texas, which wasn't far from where it was about a day, about a day's ride from where Jesse was living in Blevins, Texas. So they they fled, and he also lived to an old age and died died of natural causes. If if the part about and, Billy's,
4: and, yeah, and what was interesting um in, that Danny pointed out in the book was uh you know Grandpa Jesse James went under the alias of James L Courtney and in his diary he has that he mentions the uh William Roberts and Billy the Kid's alias was uh freshy Bill Roberts so like William Roberts and you know, that was just another interesting connection.
0: hmm
5: Yeah. And and what I found amazing was that they were all from different parts of the country, and somehow they all ended up in Texas at
4: some yeah, time yeah, or another. And why? Yeah. And it all seemed to be surrounded around, like, the Waco area. Yeah, yeah, well, well, we yeah. Are. Yeah, it's like, it was like the little hot spot for them, it seemed like, or a safe space, as we all call it today.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, true. you
4: know, like the
5: haven for <laughs> outlaws or something, you know, instead of going across the border to Mexico, like you see a lot of cowboy movies, and yeah. everybody heads across the border. But it seems yeah. like Texas might have been the
4: board <laughs> that they were yeah, talking about. <laughs> it was like
0: That's true. you know
4: how a lot of people say that Australia was formed by a bunch of outlaws? Well it kind of yeah. feels like how Texas was like, compared to Australia in a because it was yeah. It seems like you know, a lot of the outlaws uh migrated to Texas and then became uh Texas Rangers, you know, yep. got into politics and Yep. It just reminds me a lot of Australia.
0: Yeah.
4: Well, I mean if you stop and think about it
5: the the first boatload over here was was people in yeah. you know, emptying the prisons out of England. Oh yeah. And giving them a chance to come over here because they were the first indentured workers. Yeah. You know? So it, it makes sense but I, I was just amazed at it. oh and for the listeners, man, there are pictures in the books. So you can get a mm-hmm. glimpse of certain how what they look like, uh, some of the characters that we're discussing. Um what they like, actually look like. Photographs. Man, like, I, I, I really love that.
2: Yeah like Bell Star and You know, Ramona, you were starting off the show about uh, how all these legends from uh, 130 or 40 years ago um, still impact us today, and uh, uh, Dylan – Includes uh, Bell Star In his song Tombstone Blues Yes Yep
5: I mean it's just Amazing and also Too like you know we Haven't really discussed the treasure Yet but the Mass of fortunes um, and, And The backing and stuff like that Which we get into when we Discuss that aspect of the book is just fascinating um, because it's almost like following the money trail, going Mm -hmm. back hundreds of years to today. And it explains why, you know, certain groups, all these people were intertwined and related governors, outlaws, you know, churches. Oh my God. You know, oh, I just, I mean, I know I, I. it's just that it's all starting to, one, verify things that I used to think about growing up. And, two, yeah. and
0: make me the dots.
5: understand, uh-huh. yes, where, you know, who these people are, how do they get into politics and start running yeah. everything? Where do they Hell, get yeah. this money from? And it's just. Man, Dan, you have have this Pandora's box.
0: <laughs> well, I can you. you. I, I, <laughs>
3: well, thank you. I, it's. I vote. I was. There's been times where me Teresa and I were very nervous about writing a lot of that, but uh yeah. But, and then after after our mother passed away, there was a. a we reached a point where we kind of and to excuse my language, but I. You know, we thought to hell with it. Let's just go ahead and do it. And so we yeah. wrote – we thought, let's just, you know, put the truth out there, all the research we found, and let's just do it. Um, at, you know, shortly after mom died, we, we were d- sad about that, and we vowed to carry on her work. And so we went ahead and just went for it. Uh, we had been warned in the past by some people not to write certain things. I um, bet. <clears throat> yeah. And that I was – that that was interesting.
0: <laughs>
5: yeah, but, um, you know, and I thought about that too when I was. Three. I said, "Oh my God, you you put it out there," and yeah. and here is the thing. It's like you connected those three factions of our world here. That's uh, true.
3: The church, it's just re-
5: the outlaws, uh-huh. the corruptists, the outlaws, uh, and their affiliation, and the government, the po- political side. Mm-hmm. And it goes back hundreds of years. Oh, yeah.
3: It does. And it's point, still it, ties in, it ties in with religion.
4: Yes. Yes. yeah it goes real deep <laughs>
0: real yes. deep
4: in that rabbit hole
5: yes i can't wait for the movie we need to uh tell joey medea to write the screen
0: because <laughs> 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 i wait yeah.
4: for the movie and there or the series when danny um when mom and danny were going way back when mom was writing her books they would go to the libraries and they were doing research and somehow it's like certain people kind of knew they were going to be there and we
3: were followed and it was the same two years yeah they were followed yeah Uh, and And they finally earned up yeah they introduced themselves uh one man was an older (laughs) gentleman and and he, uh, he was a former cop from Dallas. Uh, that, that was, he, was, he was about two blocks away from the story he told us of, from JFK when JFK was assassinated. And he was oh, a wow. big into that. Um, and then the other man was younger, and he worked for the State Bar of Texas. I'm not going to say his name. He, he claimed he did. But before he said that, that was the second meeting when he told us that. The first meeting he told us he was a house painter. And I, I never thought anything of it. He, he he was dressed in, you know, just normal, average jeans and a shirt. And then uh, I'll get back to that in a minute, the house painter thing. But he then the second time we met him, he gave us his card. He was a researcher for the State Bar of Texas. And I looked him up online, and a few years later, you can't find any trace of him ever having worked there. That's what bothered yeah. me because I found him on their website, and then a few years later, there's, Nothing. So um, I, I – yeah, and they warned us not to say certain things uh, tying in with politics. And uh, wow. so, you know, the, the way they worded it was don't mention anything dealing with the Texas power structure. And, and Mom and I said we, – we looked at them and said, well, who's the Texas power structure? We didn't know.
0: And we were <laughs> so
3: naive at the time. And they just laughed and said, you'll find out. And that was –
0: so, yeah,
3: you know, we saw them a few wow. more times, and then just kept time. We would show up; they were there. And the librarian at the archives,
4: yeah, yeah,
3: he he told my mother and I not to sign our names when we walked in. On the, you know, don't register by signing your names. And mom said, "Why?" And he said, "They're watching." And I wow. thought this sounds like a crazy movie. Uh, and and they I they were
4: thought, even maybe tearing he, stuff up in front of y'all. Remember, Danny?
3: Yeah, I said, "Who's who's watching?" And he, he just walked away real quick. So I thought, oh, oh. Man, this is really weird. And then then shortly after that, we met those, the two men.
0: But
4: while um, you were talking to them, they were just taking documents well, and stuff from the library.
3: Oh, yeah, they were. They were taking uh, microfiche wow. rolls, and they, would just while leave, they were just leave the rolls. But uh, <laughs> when, when – when I'm going back to the house painter job, he said at first years later, and this was just a couple of years ago. Uh, what was that mafia movie that came out with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci recently? Uh, good fellow. Jimmy Hoffa.
0: Yeah. The yeah.
3: When, when the hitman would introduce himself in that movie, he'd say, he said, I hear you paint houses. And the hitman said, I do. And that was code for. For killing, you paint the walls red when you shoot them, that kind of thing. And I thought, wow, I wonder wow. if that's what he meant. <laughs> so it gave wow. me when I saw the movie. I thought, wow, we've had someone tell us something very similar. But uh yep. then another 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 group I'll never mention uh, has basically gave us the okay to say what we did. Yeah, yeah,
5: but I imagine there's so much.
3: More, Um,
5: I found what I found myself doing was, uh, you know, like at the section where there's the list of all the names and stuff like that who were considered uh, sympathizers and stuff like that. You know, I was looking for familiar names now (laughs) that that I could say, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that one. I mean... (laughs)
3: It, it is literally interesting. Well, you know, when I wrote the treasure book, it was like doing a family tree for an organization. And then right. later on the third book, it's a family tree of the people in the organization. they are a lot of yes. them are related, and that just blew my mind. And I remember I showed mom. She saw the list that you know how I, the, all the names, and she said how how in the world did you find that? And I said just a lot of research. Uh, yeah, it, it just amazed her that – it. I told her there was a point – it was always hard, but there was a point where you find a couple of key names, and it all just unfolded. Right. Kind of just unfolded right before them.
5: Right, right, right. Because it's going to make me go and look at my family tree on my other side <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, Hell, to yeah. If, if I see any um, – any familiar names? Um, yeah, because there 30% of me comes from England, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland.
3: All right, you may and, very uh, well find we may be yeah, related. I,
5: yeah, because um, the first my first ancestor on that side, uh, the non-Melanin side, actually landed in 16
4: uh
3: 1634. Wow. Yeah, it goes way back.
4: Yeah. It's amazing what you can find, you know. It really is. Yeah. And what you can't find but somehow uncover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I
5: found myself getting a little scared for you because I said, "Well, wait a minute. This goes so deep."
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
5: and uh, and there were other questions that I had, because, after reading and rereading the book, I'm telling you, listeners, you need to read this book. Um, I wanted to know that, you know, when you got to the Freemason of it and the so- secret societies, it seems to me the ultimate goal of the people who came over here and their ideas of what the uh, new land would be like was all about freedom and liberty except for the fact that in the end those very they may have started out that way but then we've come to the point where they've become the people that they were fleeing from
3: and trying you know, to, that seems to happen a lot in history and in, in families. Uh, like yeah. people who flee an abusive spouse and then, or, or a bully, a kid who gets bullied and then they become a bully.
0: Yes. Oh. Yes. But and I, I also, said, wow. Oh, I didn't
3: mean to interrupt. Sorry.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Oh, well, this is... <laughs> also, uh, well, that, I was just, um, a, a lot of the groups, and I've, I wondered that the same thing you're mentioning, Um, with all the fighting and infighting, and when you've got two sides and they're all, many of those sides are hidden, um, vying for power over the new land. I mean, the Catholic Church on one side and then the people who were fleeing them on the other. And that several centuries of, of that struggle, I think a lot of good intentions end up falling to the side in the name of safety or, or security.
0: Yeah and, power. and have
3: a, and power especially power and and power they even with the best intentions if somebody gets a little too much power it seems that it can turn a person real quick or a group of people
5: right right it turns to greed and you know they lose their compassion and and it, because it's start you know the the ideal was wonderful uh, but then you have to think you know this uh freedom and and liberty to live this enlightened life and amassing all of this uh fortunes and stuff like that. man is fallible you know That's true. and 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 they they turn they turn they cannot really accept power. It changes them. That's true. And they they really became what they were fleeing when they got here.
3: That's true. I think that also causes it that also reminds church if if you can you have a church, a congregation. Somebody disagrees with someone. The church splits. So then you've got two two different ones. Yep. With tensions between the two, and then the same thing keeps happening. Years later, it's it's multiple churches that grew from that one, but they all have completely different identities. And and well, yeah, and they struggle for is in a way they fight for a big you know for each other's congregations. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Right. Right.
3: <laughs>
2: Dan, speaking of uh, churches in your Jesse J- first book, uh, Jesse James and the Lost Templar Treasure uh, chapter on uh, the Bruton Parish Church. You know,
0: oh yeah, th- it's
2: uh, yeah. subtitled America's Roslyn Chapel, and uh, okay, if. People like the um uh oak island type of um action adventure uh the hidden treasure type stories yeah uh this church in um williamsburg Virginia is <laughs> Very uh, comparable to Oak Island. Um, it, th- that seemed to have s- something uh, uh, mysterious. Not uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Just something we really don't quite understand. But it's mm-hmm. an extension of. Uh, Francis Bacon's um The New Atlantis
0: mm-hmm.
2: book mm-hmm. and you know, you do uh, reference that book throughout uh, uh all you know, your trilogy. Um what uh was Bacon Writing about in the New Atlantis that um, seems like it, it, it's uh, something that people would want. Um, yeah,
0: um, it, it, like, it's
2: an
3: enviable mindset. Mm-hmm. That, so, that's true. Kind of like a utopian society, mm-hmm. in a way uh, where they ruled themselves. They you know they they had their beliefs, but they they lived in peace. They just you know they settled their disputes in a peaceable manner. Uh, they were free, and that's what I think. That's what appealed to that book so much, especially in the time or from those who read it. Uh, in a way, I believe I personally believe his book was a template for what America was meant to be. Uh, they they were running, you know learned minds across europe uh, especially back in those days they they had many of them the alchemists rosicrucians and other groups they had a they had a great desire to find some place where they could live peaceably and practice their own beliefs the way they wished. and right. i think that's what really appealed to people and i think that's what the book was basically trying to blueprint and it May not have been his own idea, but a culmination of different ideas of people in his circle, um, where they just yeah. put all those ideas into one template, and then he he wrote it. That um, that's my my gut feeling on that. And I know uh, Marie Bauer Hall, Manley Palmer Hall, who was uh, the famous another famous thirty third degree Mason. He had his wife Marie Bauer Hall had used the writings of. Uh, bacon to and it and also in Shakespeare to you she decoded ciphers dealing with the treasure at Bruton Parish Church and she was going to dig for it and they stopped her and mm-hmm. just basically told her don't come back to town uh, they threatened mm-hmm. her with jail time and and so that told me she was on and what family bought up most of Colonial Williamsburg everything except for the the church itself was purchased by the Rockefellers in the name of restoring the town. Wow. With yeah, big money. Um and the from some from other other books I'd read about Marie Bauer Hall in that topic, uh, the Rockefellers don't control they don't own the church, but they control the, the board of the church. So what they say goes. Uh, that kind of thing.
0: Wow. So
3: what
2: seems to be the uh, mystery in Williamsburg in the uh, – you're saying uh, it's under, uh, the underground vault of the church is 20 feet – Below the wow. original foundations what uh, so it what yeah this is one of those er, one of the earliest American churches uh, okay she's asked hey you know uh don't dig here uh you know just, just you know are not allowed back on the property uh what what secrets could have been
3: kept there. According to Marie Bauer Hall, and I don't disagree with her, there were she said there were, you know, there were treasures as your typical treasures with gold and silver and things of that nature, but there were also treasures of knowledge that would shake the foundations of our understanding of history. Mm-hmm. And possibly even religion. According to her it was the The information hidden in that vault is supposed to basically change the world if allowed to get out to the world. And I think there's groups who um, – I, I know there would be groups who wouldn't want something like that out there because it doesn't fit no. their timeline or it would affect their power or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I would love to know what's in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah.
3: yeah. I love answers. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Wow.
2: So, you know, when you know, Barbara and I you know done these shows over the years, um and, you know, you get the people talking about the uh Masons are, you know, part of the, like, New World Order type thing. You you also have people, um, you know, uh, like, you know, Rob Sullivan, you know, tell you that, um, it's about, uh, nation and character building. What uh, Ideas could have come to america that uh st- yeah or presenting uh, america it's, it's, America was a place of uh, refuge at at the beginning mm-hmm. and it you know, just, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe became something else, but yeah, you, know, you can go back. You know, I'm sure the listeners are, you know, very familiar with, uh, people, uh, the guests who presented both sides of the, uh, coin. Mm.
3: Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of lost on the question there. I'm not sure. Um,
4: like they don't do know. believe that they are wanting to. It's not like a deep conspiracy. Like all these people have this new world order. Like they're trying to, oh. you know, like I have. Think in, you know, yeah, it's like they're yeah. shaping. Like they're shaping the future. They have a plan to right. shape the future. It's not nefarious. Like a lot of people try to put out there well, that it's
0: right. That's true. Right. It could be. You know. I mean,
3: I know. I know the people who they would just ch- change their plans as they go. I think a lot of the plans from way back uh with Bacon and even before his time would probably be enacted. The core of the plan is there, it's just they would have to change tactics in some at d- different times throughout history. Um just as technologic as technology advances in other aspects um I, there's got to be things that people didn't account for so have to be a little fluid, but keep the core of the plan rigid, if that makes sense. I don't think it would be a bad plan. I think, it, in my opinion, like Freemasonry, for example, I believe Freemasonry was fighting the, the people. Like Francis Bacon is considered the, the father of modern-day Freemasonry by many people, uh, and many Freemasons also. But he – uh I think they're – their ultimate goal was just the was to for for humanity to be at peace and not yep. not constantly yeah. trying to destroy one another i also right. think yeah. that the same thing exists on uh, in certain religions but there's always somebody who gets in power like uh, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. popes in the past and when we know the history of the catholic church i'm sure every yeah. organization has a a bad part of their history that they'd rather not talk about, but I think mm-hmm. overall the the core plan is probably still in place. It's just several factions fighting for their own idea of what they think it should be. Yep, and it's kind of like a the the battle is is usually peaceful, but the, at times in history it pops up and it goes to live fire, kind of like a the Cold War. With between the U.S. and the Soviets, two completely different ideologies, and you know, mm-hmm. in the Cold War, it would it would pop up in smaller countries as hot spots and live fighting, but the two big boys stayed, you know, haven't gone at it yet, right? And that kind right. of ties in with modern history now. I mean, with Ukraine and all that trouble, yeah. And it's sad because the 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 weaker countries, just like in, in weaker people or and not so much weak people but people who aren't as advanced with something or don't have the power they end up getting the brunt of the, those fights or catching catching all the problems if that makes sense
0: okay yeah.
2: it, it does so i it, in your first book um okay you have a include a uh, 1775 painting of the Bruton Church. Then about 250 years earlier, you include uh, a reproduction of Porte uh, Lucius. Oh, yeah. 1516 yeah, so, published in fifteen yeah, sixteen yeah so uh, when we look at this uh artwork it's uh still uh uh, uh, uh uh the new atlantis is about what half uh was published what about halfway between uh both of those artworks um is there some kind of uh timing uh, um with, you know, with the dates uh, what does the artwork reveal uh, about some kind of hi- something hidden uh you know what was your reason for incorporating all this artwork in into uh,
3: okay.
2: uh, yeah that's from uh Lost Temple, your first book.
3: Yeah, the first, um, the first thing that caught my eye – well, the, what got me to that point was when I was trying to do a tree, like an, organ, an organizational tree, which is, in my opinion, like a family tree just applied to an organization. Mm-hmm. When I was trying right. to figure out uh, who, who, whose idea was this in the beginning, where did it come from? Who came up with all? There was a million questions, and I, I kept going back. I, I, I remember when I traced it to Francis Bacon, Sir Francis Bacon. I thought, finally, I've, I've, you know, I've reached the end. This is the guy who started it all. And then I, a few days later, I thought I found out that I was wrong. He wasn't the guy who started it all, and it, the trail kept going. It went through uh, John D., his mentor, who was the original 007. That was the alchemical. Signature he would sign on some of his letters To the queen looked like two zeros and a Seven um, And it went back through different uh, Jewish rabbis Kabbalists, alchemists All these different people When it came to the rabbis is what got me in in Acquainted with Porting Lucis um, I thought that's odd Because I remember watching Scott Wolter's uh, Show The Hooked X uh, or mm-hmm. America Unearthed was a show, and it, he would mention his book, The Hooked X, a lot. Um, oh, on the right. cover of that, it, there's, you know, and I referenced him in my first book. There was a hooked X, right? The man sitting on a chair in the shape of an X, and the, the dagger on his side looks it makes the hook. And I thought, okay, that that's odd. So I got to looking at the, I looked at the uh, the cover photo closer. And just started look, noticing all the symbols. The Tree of Life was, you know, it sticks out fairly. It's obvious. Uh, he's dressed uh-huh. for traveling. There's the veil template or a shape of it on part of his shawl. And he's pointing at the floor. And I thought, that looks interesting. The shadow looks more like waves or water where he's pointing. His feet are on one side. There's the water. And on the other side, I just had a hunch. I thought, that kind of looks familiar. So I found a map. From around the same time, and 1516, uh, it was a world map around that same period, and it ma- I laid it over that it matched the western the western world or the new world, the outlines on the tiles of the floor, and I thought okay, so he's pointing he's probably in Europe and he's pointing to the you know to the water he's facing facing the west. Which and he's holding the tree of life. It's almost like it's being moved from one place to another, and that's what I thought. Could this be all of that in one? You know, cover on a on a book from 1516. It just amazed me. And I got it. The more I researched, the more it seemed to back up my thoughts on that. Um, They moved the treasure and buried it. One of the templates was the shape of the tree of life, and it not only. Was the temp used as a template, I believe it also had a lot of mystical or religious significance in the the shape why, well, I know they did in the shape of the the templates and I think i've often wondered, of course i don't have proof for this, but the fact that they buried the treasures in that in those templates that were shaped by those designs may have been um, their way of. Invoking a blessing from God on the new world for you know for them to prosper, I hope I didn't go down too deep a rabbit hole
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it uh, um, our our listeners uh uh love this kind of stuff, and so like they said you know uh you know we've had you. Know-
4: It reminds Uh, me, yeah. Sorry, Mark, I didn't (laughs) interrupt. No, no, no.
2: I was just gonna say, you know, we've had guests saying, you know, our group is a lot of good guys, you know, just trying to benefit mankind. And other people said something uh, opposite, and uh, that show kind of disappeared from the archives. (laughs) But that was one of yeah. shows. I, oh wow! I had, <laughs> but, um, um, but it, it, yeah, you
4: know, I think what
2: it, it is, it, I think a lot of our listeners just you know like to tune in and get um, and, and uh, information like what. Dan was talking about you know moving knowledge from uh you know the old world to what looks like the uh east coast of america uh represented in those um
3: the tiles on the floor
0: mhm
3: it was well and also the hash marks on the background and i i just happened. I was taking a break, and while I was researching Jewish mysticism and Kabbalah, I came across that. At the time, it was a new video by Victoria Hanna, and it was the Alice Bet song. And in that, they were drawing little hash marks on the chalkboard, which was representative of rain. And I found out the hash marks representing rain is representative of a blessing fell in line with the rest of the, the thing. They were all you know, just the, the treasures and also the fleeing of certain people from the old world to the new world looking for new hope and, you know, prosperity.
2: Yeah. Uh, you have Berizano's, uh traced... Route to and from the uh, East Coast, uh, which was just a few years after the Porte uh, Lucas uh, map. You have uh, uh, the uh, Arcadian Shepherds uh, painting. It, it, there, uh, Bill Mann has been again. Uh, you, you've uh, spoken with him. Uh, he's gone into detail about. The importance of all the colors and the uh, clues in the uh, distant background.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah,
2: and people keep going back to uh, uh, Poussin's painting, uh, but there's yeah yeah, throughout your three books you're drawing from a a lot of um, well-known artwork from the last 500 years.
0: That's true.
3: Cassini, yes. Cassini's Celestial Globe. I think it was in 1792. When you were mentioning that, that brought that up. Uh, mm-hmm. And well, the it just amazed me also on how the constellations at the time, the way they mapped them, they used that and that signified. Oh, that goes on and on. That's like uh well, Orpheus, the lyre of Orpheus, and then Hercules, and and that ties in. Everything on that ties in with the, uh, uh, Hussein painting it painting Etin Arcadia Ego. And I, I believe that's what they were pointing at. I don't think it was pointing to. I think, I think that's what it was pointing to—that the treasures were moved to the New World. And it just that that blows my mind. <laughs> it still does. Uh, the fact that all that came to light in just a short time—it uh, was amazing—and well, relatively short in the span of things. It, was, it took 25 years, but it seems like it was just yesterday.
2: Yeah, and you're also including the floor plans of uh, the dome of the rock Mhm like as I'll just it, it just kind of looking at how how you uh progressed or developed as an author over the trilogy you have a lot of you know, really interesting information uh, artwork uh, interpretations of uh you know just say, you know the uh dome of the rock and the uh, shepherd's of Arcadia painting to um the uh, where's uh, uh, um you know the r- research he did in uh, uh part 3 where uh, uh, think that it or the or the caption is, is a quatro a reunion that President Truman was said to have attended along with Jesse James. hmm So, um... I, I think you're looking at, at you know, just incorporating so many uh, different aspects of artwork and research in this, uh... uh Providing links to uh, Jesse James and uh, President Truman. Well, we we haven't gotten into Bonnie and Clyde yet, but but it's that was a trip. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, you've
2: linked all these different events (laughs) and ideas and people uh, throughout your trilogy. I don't know if there's a question in there. I'm just like rambling about.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, that amazes me too when when we found – and I remember when stuff like that would come to our realization years ago, Al, just mind-blowing every – there are so many mind-blowing parts of this whole story. It just – it's amazing. And then you get to a point where nothing really shocks you anymore. And sometimes I miss being shocked, but at the same time, it's you, you, I guess you can only be shocked so many times, and you finally, it's it just, it stops. It stops amazing me. Just, it just leads me on, what's the next clue? What's the next answer? You never right. stop. Mm-hmm.
5: Right, right, Because I was thinking the same thing, especially like Mark said, man you know, Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, I'm like, okay. <laughs> who, who else are we going to uncover in this puzzle? Because it's it's so, here's the thing. You've done such massive research, and that's what I love, you know? I don't doubt anything in this book. Um, and And what I'm thinking is that, how coincidental is it that the infamous in our country ends up in in the little web. And the That's little true. web spreads across this nation. This is it does. not only the history of the Danes But it is the history Of our nation And I'm just like Holy cow
3: (laughs) And you said it perfectly A little Yeah It's like a little web And every time you you peel back one web There's more webs And it just Yeah
4: It reminds me of that scene in the JFK Oliver Stone movie when uh, Joe Pesci, he says it's a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. And it really is. That's what this story, you know, my mom just started, she just, you know, she heard the stories of Jesse James her entire life that that was her grandfather, that he didn't die. And... That's all she wanted to find out was to prove, and then it led to all this crazy. I mean, all this—it just we, me, and Danny—we just kind of scratch our heads still. Like, we never dreamed just that her wanting to prove he was Jesse James what it would lead to, and it really is like that scene where Joe Pesci says that. It is like a riddle wrapped up in an enigma. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a good and there's so much
4: more. Yes, and there's this and that's really how our life like has been for the past since we started this journey with our mom. And it it, that scene resonates with me because that's exactly how it how it feels. It's just it's just it's mind boggling. And then there's still so much more to uncover.
0: Yes, yes.
4: And I, I like
5: in, in uh, the newest book, um, the Secret History of the Wild Wild West. It says you you say even Oscar Wilde noticed the fact that Americans tend to elevate criminals to legendary heroes, so to speak. But then you don't know who who the outlaws and and stuff are yeah. compared to <laughs> who
4: whose big names. Uh, is,
0: yeah, who are the
4: country. outlaws and who are the, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And do we really want to know? That's the scary thing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: you know, I don't know because I'm like, you know, I, 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 I put down, um, I caught
5: the fact that, uh, that I, and I've known that all along, that like even the Texas Rangers, uh, you know, what you pointed out there, it's like, you know, to me, policing of today because yeah. we have we have good ones, and then we have those other ones, and it's right. just like yes. what has changed. And then, yeah. um, and then I wanted to ask, while I have the chance, is I never uh, saw a dress in the book, but see when just took on that persona of uh, his, it was his cousin, right? His new name. That's, that's- he took wait, on wait. the name of uh, a Union soldier, oh, yeah. and he, Name's he settled in a Confederate yep. area mm-hmm. without any problem. So I started thinking, I said, well, maybe they knew. Maybe oh, yeah. they knew. Yeah. Because even you said Erastus Andrus would not even speak to his own brother for years mm-hmm. and years simply because he was a Union soldier. That's but true. Jesse was taking on a persona of that in the midst of the Confederate state and area, and yet he made a life and everything amongst – they had to have known who he was in that circle because he didn't Hell hang yeah. just with any circle.
4: Yeah, oh yeah, that's the
5: very true. Because of his father-in-law <laughs> and stuff, you know, these were prominent yep. people, and that's it leads me to wonder if they knew. Did they use that to get part of his fortune, or to get gain his help, or to even use him to help them get what where they wanted to? You know, does that make sense?
4: Oh yeah, it does yeah, definitely it does. make sense.
5: Yep. Because I really I'm I I
4: really wonder. It was like a perfectly executed plan, it seemed like.
5: Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. And that was
5: so long ago and yet we see it unfolding for our eyes
4: now yeah yeah oh yeah a whole everything everything yeah it's like about history it. repeating itself <laughs> yes
5: yes or
0: continuing
4: yeah
5: continuing god this was an amazing book dan and teresa uh like wow I, well,
0: I, I i was just confused
4: to credit but danny did all this last one and i'm i mean it was just he really did an amazing job I'm really I'm impressed with it. It's just like I don't think I, I don't think he he said he wished he could have done better on it. when We were talking earlier. I said I don't think he could have. This was just mm-hmm. and it's just an exceptional work. He did an amazing job.
0: Yeah, because
4: like, I said, anything that
0: can fix sure
5: me and, and keep me in that one
4: spot and never
5: got up from my chair.
3: Yeah. That makes me happy. Thank you.
5: I'm so serious. You know this. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> yeah. What's
5: the next one coming?
3: <laughs> yeah. Is there a part four? Oh, not that I know of, unless I, I, I. The
5: treasure is recovered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That,
3: yeah. Oh, that would be nice. That'd be real nice. Yeah. Yeah, they've already gotten it. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, I think most of it. I don't think it's all been recovered, but I think most of it has. And those that haven't are probably heavily watched.
0: Yeah,
5: well, the government went and got it.
3: Yeah, know? and then there's, there's so, smaller ones out there, and a small one. Uh, I mean, even if you found a a half of a half of mason jar full of gold coins, would be enough to set somebody make you pretty comfortable. I just want to know where to
5: start looking. I find it interesting that, see, it was all around here. None of it seems to have left the country, you know, like in places in Mexico Mm -hmm. where the outlaws used to run off to. I was thinking maybe some of it's there. Uh, And then um, there was – There's nothing up in Canada, per se, you know, because they traveled, to me, they traveled so much ground on
3: horseback. They did. And And carrying
0: all that stuff. Yeah, that's true.
5: And all the building that has gone on.
3: There's very few places that is left untouched. That yeah, it, I, have, it, I have noticed. Actually, I've noticed in the, not, well, in the, the last 10, 15 years, we, even before mom passed, which I would point it out to her. I said, do you see this point? It's on the map. And if you look at that property, when they first started developing that property – that used to be out in the country. Now it's a, covered with a subdivision. The very first place they started ex- or digging in under the guise of development was right on the right on the point where the map shows there's you know a treasure. So if, I found that very interesting. That, mm-hmm. And then that started happening all around different parts, like in Central Texas, and places, and other areas, mm-hmm. even just other states too. It was it was. Anytime there was a develop, there was either a, a development and the digging started right on that spot where the map said it should be, or it would be a rock quarry or a sand quarry, stuff like. And I thought, what better way to to cover that up than to use, you know, heavy digging equipment? You're just you're a quarry. Who's going to question that? And that's all the equipment you would need to recover it and uh, transport it.
5: And not
0: only that I, and thinking, that I was thinking
5: I was thinking that um, they started finding stuff and then I forget what president it was that had passed the the laws that, you know, when you bought land you can no longer own the mineral rights in it. Because I think, you know, that has you know, that, that was awfully awfully suspicious now that i've read the books and then i think back about that where it used to be you can go buy a land and if you found gold or silver or whatever on that land it was yours and then they cut yeah. that out around i well, think maybe yeah, 1912 that was the, uh, uh,
3: national Texas. the uh, antiquities act and that uh, that the antiquities act was pushed through by lbj Oh. And he was tied in with he's got a lot of connections to the treasure that was recovered in Victorio Peak in New Mexico.
2: Ah. Okay,
3: so
2: yeah. So uh let's work in uh President Johnson and Victorio Peak. What for get get the listeners intrigued by
3: that connection. Oh wait, I'm mistaken. It wasn't that Johnson. Uh the Antiquities Act is, uh started in 1906.
0: Right. right. Oh. So,
3: yeah, I was, was Roosevelt. That was a, yeah. Well, it was yeah, sometimes. Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. So so there's that, but yeah, LBJ and Victoria Peak, it said by there of course there's no no known official documents tying him in other than news reports and oh in the Watergate hearings they also mentioned and that is an official document that would tie him uh, in the Watergate hearings they mentioned um, Victoria Peak and the treasure just a little quick mention of it and I thought that's interesting and that was dealing with Nixon so uh, Mm -hmm. I thought that was very interesting why if it didn't exist and the government likes to claim, you know, if there's a large treasure, of course they're going to say no, nothing here, nothing to see here, move along. Mm-hmm. But yet mm-hmm. in the watergate hearings they mentioned that treasure.
0: Mhm.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sev- several um uh, uh, like the the attorney general for the state of New Mexico had mentioned the treasure. And and sev- also Wagner Carr, who was a former attorney general here in Texas, and, and he was a, he, in,
2: involved with the um
3: the Warren Commission. The uh, Warren Commission. Yeah. Mhm. And also, um uh he, he's Billy the same Hall. Yeah, well yeah, Billy Sol Estes. That's where Billy Fall yeah. ties in with him and LBJ. And, well, yeah. we, were at a, we were at an exhumation of a grave in Granbury, Texas, and it was one of the guys who claimed he was Jesse James, and he was debunked. He was just a hoaxer. He knew about treasures, but he wasn't Jesse. Uh, that was the guy who was uh, J. Frank Dalton was his name. Well, they, they thought they were exhuming or they claimed they were exhuming his grave. And uh, Billy Sawestus and Wagner Carr were both there. They claimed they didn't know one another. Yet I saw them back in the back in the corner of the cemetery under an old tree, in the shade, just talking and having a great time. And they talked for about twenty minutes. And then a lot of reporters started showing up to the exhumation, and they they got away from one another. <laughs> so, but I, and the it was interesting
4: thing interesting. was. Also, the other interesting thing was that that exclamation, when Billy saw, uh made his uh, entrance into the cemetery, all these – like, he – he, he, the minute he got there, he came directly to my mom and wanted to shake her hand, which yeah. blew her away because, you know, she was like, wow, wow. what's this all about? <laughs> he had a copy of her book.
3: Yeah, he had a copy yeah, of her book, you know. and he asked her to sign the book for him. Yeah. So he wanted her phone number, so she signed yeah, the book and... and gave him her phone yeah. number. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He, yeah, he was <laughs> he was something. He was very polite <laughs> in person. He was very polite, but I know his history. He he was he was alleged to have killed uh, quite a few people to protect LBJ from get or any pro- protecting LBJ from being tied to a lot of. Uh, uh, I guess illicit yeah. money schemes. <laughs>
5: <Yeah. laughs> God, this book is oh, man, man.
3: Yeah, it just seems to be
4: layers and layers of stuff. Like it can be mind boggling and overwhelming at times.
3: <laughs> oh, my my literary agent also. She when when she saw the, I wrote a synopsis of the book for her before we went for getting it published and she she told me she thought she said on this one you might want to be careful
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah
3: (laughs) yeah yeah i told her i've i've been careful so there there's things i didn't want to mention and it would get too i didn't it would also if i had mentioned it could have taken away from the whole point of the book anyway so i just left i left quite a bit out uh i bet but I bet. And that's okay. not going in the fourth book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no.
2: But it, you know, one of the um, interest, interesting aspects of uh, books two and three is uh, you incorporate uh, in part two – Jesse's diaries uh in part three uh all the many of the different members of the James gang or you know the, the associates uh, mm-hmm. business partners uh, uh you know you provide you know give the readers a lot more information um, about all the people associated with uh, Jesse what, um, is there any uh, yeah, is there any um, leftover information for a, a fourth book that we don't know you, know you haven't been able to present to us yet
3: no, I, I'm not going to write a fourth book. I think that would be for somebody else. Somebody else no. in well, not not on this topic anyway. There's enough for a few articles, but I'm not going to write some. Like I mentioned a minute ago, there's there's some things I I probably should never say. Uh, yeah. But and I'll and it wouldn't those things wouldn't even it wouldn't help the the story along. It would just be just <laughs> they're interesting, but it would just be more dirt on some people and I do not want to I d I don't wanna I don't wanna get any uh, I guess
0: well Well, put it the movie.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I do plan on it's got to
5: be a movie. It's got
3: to be a movie. I agree. I agree. I hope that happens.
2: Well, you yeah. have all these Hollywood connections now. So, uh, when can people see you <laughs> yeah, on uh, Gay, gay TV? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh,
3: open Minds with Regina Meredith, and that's that's on their website now. Um, that's that that made me happy. I just uh, uh, and she, I asked her. I said uh, she she's personal friends. Regina Meredith is personal friends with Robert Duvall. And I asked her, please, please show him my book. (laughs) I don't know if she will, but she said they sit on the couch and watch movies sometimes. And he tells her how movies were made, talks about the filming and things like that. I thought that that would be an interesting conversation, also. But um, yeah, if if, I told her if you know anybody who's interested, uh, feel free to let them, you know, give them a copy of the book or ask me, and I'll send it to them.
0: Well, right.
2: it, um, would love
3: to have a movie.
2: Yeah, well, well it, uh, it, all, all of us can co-host if you get Robert Duvall, and you know we can uh, just talk about <laughs> the, his appearance on the miniature of the uh, Twilight Zone and his Godfather movies.
3: Yeah. Oh, and those are actually three, – the three Godfather movies are some of my favorite. Hey. It's an amazing trilogy. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it seems like a lot of the people who were in that have are like just recently are dying off. It seems like
2: yeah, well, and James Kahn
4: oh. Yeah, James yeah. Kahn, He just recently died. Yeah, you
2: know, you know, and uh, you, know, the, you know, the movie came out like fifty years ago, though. Yeah. yeah. So mo- most everyone's at least, ba- you know approaching 80. Yeah. yeah, real close to it. I think Roberts about 90. Yeah, he he you know he's just wonderful as uh Tom Hagan is kind of being the outsider but you know he uh to the family you always want to be part of uh the family and he 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 did a good job by you know still made a few mistakes. It, it it's a really he plays a really fascinating character.
3: That's true. He yeah,
4: he's amazing. He's a great actor. He had yeah, me in from yeah, a... Dove as Gus, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever since then, he had my heart, so.
0: <laughs>
4: well, I think that should be next
5: project is uh, looking on the screenplay and then pitching it to Netflix or something
3: as a series series. Uh, Because that I sounds like a great to idea end. to me.
5: I don't want it to end. I, I don't.
0: I, I, I want to know.
5: Okay, so where do we go
4: now?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
0: yeah.
2: No, it, I think Ramona's right about calling Joey.
3: <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah.
2: I think mean, Hollywood needs a new uh, Kubrick. Oh done,
4: gosh! So. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I so, don't
4: know. I Sam, don't know. Where can, they,
5: <laughs> where can they find your books? Tell the people where uh, they can get these books.
3: Okay, uh, my our publisher is Inner Traditions at innertraditions.com. dot com. You can also find them on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, and basic anywhere books are sold. Uh, in most in, in most countries. On the planet. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh that's it, probably it, not it, North Korea though.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you it, never it, know, or, he
4: might be your biggest fan. You never know. <laughs>
3: maybe. He might be. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh it, it,
2: Ramona, what are or, uh, or, or are you uh, gearing up for another show soon?
5: Um, I don't, I don't know. I as soon as my workshop is over, you know, I'm doing a, a, a workshop for the uh, Hoodoo Festival. I'll be teaching a workshop on herbs and healing, and I finally got all my stuff in, and that's in August, and I think. The last part of August, first of September, I'm going to start back, uh, come off of my hi- hiatus, and Ramona speaks okay. the other truth. We'll be back in business.
0: Okay.
2: And, and um, yeah, you know, we're uh, down to about the last uh, a minute or so, and I just wanted to, being here. You know, It was a great show. I think you provided the listeners with a lot of new uh, insights, and we had a lot of fun tonight. And thanks, Barbara, for producing the show. And um, we'll see everyone next week. Thank you so much, and thanks to Ashley and Inner Traditions for uh, making all this happen. So we will see you, see everyone next week. Thank you so much.